thank you, Father, for allowing us together and to raise you up and lift you up. Father, we pray that you'd be with each one that's here today. Father, especially the ones that wanted to be here but couldn't. Pray, Father, that your spirit be one among us today. Father, be with each one that's here. May our hearts be open to hear your word. Father, pray for the prayer request that's been made. Yes. And above all, Father, we thank you for what's in our heart this morning. Father, for your Son that came for us, that you loved us that much. Pray that you'll be in each part of the service this morning. Meet each need, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Y'all can be seated. Let's sing another song right here. Now, this is a great song. And uh, look at page 395. 
Okay, whispers to sweet peace to you. Uh, does anyone else have anything else before Brother Roger comes? And bring I want to say one other thing. My, my doctor at the Veterans Hospital has changed my surgery medicine, and my surgery is the lowest it's ever been. Bless you. Amen. Thank you. Amen. I can't say that right now after all that. I'm sure you call as high as ever. Just don't check. <laughs> yeah, just don't want to check. But yeah, we was, uh, we was over uh, my sister's house. We was all like eating all these desserts and stuff, and and uh, we were sitting there eating. I said, well, after we all eat this, we all have to have an insulin shot, I'm sure. Just <laughs> drink a lot of water. Drink a lot of water. But ain't happy. It was a wonderful time to be together with family, and I know we all can say that. What a wonderful time it was. We're so blessed and so thankful for our families and this church family. What a blessing it is to us. Brother Wayne, let's all remember Sister Jane. She was yes. in an automobile accident. Oh, and, oh uh, man, I didn't know that. And she is, I was surprised to see her here, but I'm so happy to see her. Man. It could have been a lot worse. She was sore. Yeah. Her rear, oh, 18 wheeler hit me in the rear. Oh, man. Oh, my Wow. Well, in saying that same note yesterday, we was coming home from Kentucky yesterday and we was in a bunch of traffic in there. We was in traffic and there was a car behind us and then there was a car, 18 wheeler car behind us. And, uh, you know, it would just, uh, you know, God is with us in all time. Well, Brother Rod, you, you come and, and bring out the back this morning, please. Are y'all a little warm? Yes, yeah. very much so. Can you adjust the tent, sir? I'm freezing. <laughs> 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 all these, he's playing. He's playing. He's playing. We all it's good to be here. It's been a wonderful week. Got to visit, eat, fellowship with my family, and uh, just had a great time with that. Uh, Elizabeth and Adam are on there. Uh, they're going somewhere all the time, but they're, they'll be coming back to Michigan um, this week. I don't know what day they're going to start. Probably, I would, I'd be surprised if they're not rolling today, but um, they're, they're in a situation they we're moving to Aniana and their apartment was supposed to be open the 1st of December. So they gave notice they were leaving their apartment down on 280. They said they couldn't take that traffic anymore. And uh, then they got notice their apartment in Aniana wasn't going to be open, uh, available for like 7 to 10 days after the 1st of the month. According. So uh, they're going to be kind of sleeping with us and, and some former fashion in our house right now and, uh, so uh, but just keep them in your prayers on their trip home they'll have a safe trip and um, you know as a dad you never you never quit worrying about your kids when they're on the road you just don't and uh, every time every time she and Ben and uh, Angie just goes to Birmingham back she's probably in the most dangerous situation uh, but uh, uh, Ben and Elizabeth travel a lot and I worry about them I you know when I hear Ben's going to Sioux City, Iowa or somewhere for, you know, to do a, set up a business up there, it's like, whew, that's a long way, you know. It's, it's a bad thing, mom thing. 
parent thing that, uh, that we we're concerned with our kids when they're traveling. So y'all just keep keep my kids in in mind when you when you pray. Um, if you'd like to turn with me today, it's very familiar scripture. And, uh, I've looked and looked, and I haven't found anything brand new in here. Ever since I've been looking, it's all it's all been written down for a while. So uh, I may have I may have used this before. I may not have. I can't remember. But uh, if you turn to the 55th chapter of, of Isaiah and the sixth verse, it's real familiar. Um, and it's it's just um, I guess it, it's relevant to us. Uh, as Christians to keep seeking the Lord, but um, it's it's uh, information for those who haven't accepted Him to not, not give up seeking Him. Um, in the sixth verse it says, Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Call ye upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake His ways and the unrighteous man His thoughts. And let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth, uh, goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. For if you go out uh, with joy and lead forth with peace, the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you in singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn, uh, instead of the thorn shall come up a fir tree, instead of the briar shall come up a myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign, that thou shalt not be cut off. And that's just that's encouraging to me that that Isaiah in his in his wisdom and his revelation from the Lord um, wrote this down that that even now uh, when I go astray I can I can have these scriptures come to mind that if I will turn back to him he won't forsake me that that he's given me is not going to go it's not going to be void it's not going to come back void it's going to serve its purpose and. Uh, Elaine will tell you that, uh, that I'm kind of a, what would you call it, Elaine, a control freak when I'm driving and stuff? <laughs> if I'm in a car, most of the time I'm sitting behind the wheel, and I don't like to fly because they won't let me drive. But um, I, I have, uh, there, there was a verse in here that said, um, in fact, Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. And um, I've heard um, Michael say before that, that a sin starts with a thought. A sin starts with a thought. 
And this tells us to put those thoughts away. Uh, I, I sometimes don't turn that wheel loose in time. I drive it right on into the right on into the sin. But um, he's he, he's given us instructions here that to put the thoughts away and and turn back to the God that that gave you what you have, and He won't forsake us. So that's encouragement to me to read this, and I, I hope you all got something out of it too. Um, so it's it's really familiar, and a lot of the, a lot of the things like this when I read them. There'll be a key word, you know. There'll be a key verse that says, um, um, "Seek ye the Lord while He may be found; call ye upon Him while He is near." And and you'll remember that. But if you just go a little bit further, and it says, "Let the wicked forsake his ways, and let the unrighteous man um, put his thoughts put away his thoughts." So there's more to it than just the key verse. There's more to it than the the little memory verse that we know that uh, is so familiar to us. And, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, John 3.16, uh, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever uh, believed in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. But a lot of people don't know what John 3.17 says. He says, For He came not to, to destroy the world, but through the world through Him might be saved. So, you know, there's, there's, there's the verse and then... Just read a little further sometimes. There's there's some jewels there. Just a little bit further than those little key verses, the memory verses, whatever you want to call them. And uh, in my case, I need to turn loose that wheel sometimes to let somebody else drive. Anybody got anything you'd like to say this morning before we take your classes? Okay, if not, we'll, we'll take your classes at this time. There we go. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I've, I've apologized to Chris, but I'll apologize to everybody for bailing out at the last minute last Sunday morning. So, so I'll give him a week's notice this time. I won't be here next Sunday. <laughs> I'm going to stay with my mom for a week while my brother's gone. So uh, y'all remember me in prayer. Last Sunday, two weeks ago, I guess, we talked about, oh, let's see, let's back up even further. Genesis 21, and I guess about verse 22, we talked about how that Abimelech could see that God was with Abraham to the point that he wanted to make an agreement with Abraham. And a few things I do want to point out as we spent so much time on just how he knew but in the 22nd verse, I almost missed this. 
And it came to pass at that time that Abimelech and Phicol, the chief captain of his host. So he brought his army general with him. That's how serious this was. He brought his military leader with him to talk to Abraham. He spoke to Abraham, saying, God is with thee in all that thou doest. Now therefore swear unto me, hereby God, that thou wilt not deal falsely with me, nor with my son, nor with my son's sons. But according to the kindness that I have done unto thee, thou shalt do unto me, and to the land wherein thou hast sojourned. And Abraham said, I will swear. So we made a gentleman's agreement here. Abraham will be kind or, or he's really saying Abraham's God will be kind to Abimelech is what he's really saying. And Abimelech will be kind to Abraham. But if we pick up in the 25th verse, it's kind of one of these, oh, by the way, while we're talking deals, and Abraham reproved Abimelech because of a well of water which, Abraham, which Abimelech's servants had violently taken away. And Abimelech said, I didn't know. I didn't know. I wot not who hath done this thing, neither didst thou tell me, neither ye yet heard of it, but today. And Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech, and both of them made a covenant. And then Abraham above that set seven ewe lambs of the flock by themselves. So after they'd made the agreement, Abraham had seven lambs he'd set aside. And Abimelech said, What mean these seven ewe lambs which thou hast set by themselves? And he said, For these seven ewe lambs shall be, shall take of my hand that they may be a witness unto thee that I have digged this well. Wherefore he called that place Beer, beer, Shiva, because there they swear both of them. Now, why, I just got to ask, why in the Holy Scriptures was it needful to put down all these verses about a well? Because it will be talked about several more times. I'm not sure as much as a well as it was the covenant. <laughs> well, beer, Shiva means well of the covenant. Yeah. So Abraham had dug this well, and apparently some of Abimelech's men had stopped it up, or taken it. Which one was it? Had violently taken yeah, that, away. That They'd taken it. Uh, that was the way, or, and I guess it probably still is over there. Uh, if there's a well and you overrun that area, you fill the well in. I don't, that, that seems sort of sorted, but... Well, not if you want to cause permanent damage. If you don't plan to be back there, yeah. uh, it's maybe not. Yeah. Well, I did. I found some little statistics about this area. I mean, this is in this is south of Jerusalem in the what we would call in the Give. We call it desert. That area, well, the city of Beersheba, averages five inches of rain per year, and most of that falls in three months in the winter. Matter of fact, the average rainfall for Beersheba between April and November is a big fat goose egg, not a drop. They consider four T 
tenths of an inch of rain to be a good rain. I'm sorry, four hundredths of an inch to be a good rain. So whales were <laughs> whales were to them like cell phones are to our kids. They couldn't live without them. Yeah. First of all, they were life. They were water. You know, you, you, know, you, can, you can have some, you can come up with eating berries and grass or whatever, maybe, but without water, you don't stand a chance. So that that was life to them. Sometimes, Brother Michael, I, and I know it, it's true with me, sometimes we take for granted water. Oh. And, and to think back during this time, just as you pointed out how important that it was, even in a, a, a place where they didn't get a lot of rain, and to think that we can go to our faucets and make it hot or cold just at the turn of the knob, and, uh, and, and, and we know that the water's going to be there. Um, it's hard for us to fathom that there was, a, there was a time that that was a precious commodity. Well, you just think around here, how many of us know where a spring is? Where the water just comes out of the land? Yeah. That was unheard of there. If you've ever traveled any out west, uh, we were out in western Oklahoma and Texas and places for a while, and the things they call a river out there are pitiful. Yeah. I mean, I've always heard the Red River. Well, the Red River... The Locust Fork River looks like the Tennessee River compared to the Red River when we were out there. It was just a tiny little stream. And, uh, but, you know, you, you consider all the ranches and farms and things in that area, how much water it takes for the cattle. That's a very important commodity even in our day when you, you can't do portable water, you know, pipes and stuff like that. But over there, the water was where it was. They didn't have, they didn't have pipelines and things that carried it hundreds of miles to somewhere else. So, if you owned the, if you owned the well, you had the power there. Yeah, uh, there weren't hard and fast boundaries like we have in that time of Abraham. Who owned land kind of depended on who ruled it. So the, the borders were kind of variable, depending on political powers at the time. Uh, but even in David's time, Beersheba was about the southern extent of his kingdom, because below that was just uninhabitable, really. Yeah. So first of all, it's life. Second of all, it was the gathering place. You know, that's where people would gather and catch up on news and everything. But also, it normally was the city center for two reasons. You know, we have city centers. Usually, there's a courthouse in the middle of it or some kind of statue. In most cities over there, the center city is a well. Number one, the town was built around the well. But number two, it was for protection. It would be somewhat protected all the way around it because, as you said, you know, if you're sieging a city and you can get to their well, you've got them. Uh, this particular well, uh, archaeologists say, was about 42 feet deep and about 9 feet wide. And they would dig it by hand, 
which was rather dangerous, and then they would stack stones around it to a certain depth just to hold the walls in. I mean, they would be, I guess the way I picture it, they'd be down in the hole digging and they'd lower a bucket down and put the dirt in it and pull it back out. Uh, but it was dangerous work, I guess from cave-in would probably be the dangerous thing. And then they would set a uh, some kind of pulley system because, you know, those pots were heavy to be able to get ladies especially to get that water up. Remember uh, in the New Testament it talks about Jacob's well and the Samaritan lady said this well is deep. They estimate it was closer to 100 feet deep. Now, I know that doesn't seem that deep to us, but we're only putting a hole that big around with machinery. They're digging a nine-foot wide hole by hand. So. Oh, and, and by the way, the city of Beersheba is about 200,000 people today. I didn't mention that. It's also, this is really the first permanent thing Abraham did. You know, he'd built some altars, but this well was, as both said, uh, this would become not the home place for him. He was a traveler. But Isaac and Jacob would call this home where this well was through their lives. And also, there's a big type and shadow of this, of this well and Jacob's well from the Old Testament to the New Testament. You know, here it was a well of water giving you life for today. But in the New Testament, Christ talks about a well of water, living water springing up. It's a type and shadow of salvation. Amen. Yeah, just as important for life as this water of well was in the Old Testament, it's a foreshadow of salvation. Yeah, yeah. Now, anybody on the well? Big deal, wasn't it? Which was usually December. Yeah. <laughs> well, Brother Chris, it's... No, it's not. No, it's not. That's something that sustains you. 
Yeah. Yeah. And some of it tastes awful. But even closer to that state of Alabama and the state of Georgia is in a constant fuss about that's the correct. Coosa River. That's exactly yeah. right. And that's uh, you're close to home. Ongoing conflict has been for a number of years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bass fishermen down in Utah don't like it when you take too much, no. too much water. No. Well, uh, you know, I don't know if, if I just don't remember it correctly. Um, somebody that's older than me might tell me, but um, it, it seemed that, and what Chris said may, may have a whole lot to do with it that the river right down here is doesn't have as much water going through it generally as it did when I was a kid. But then again, at the headwaters, there is a spring. And when I was even a teenager, the spring just flowed freely. Now, uh, Boaz and Albert will get their water there. And so they probably take, you know, three or four million gallons a, a day out of it, out of that spring that used to pass under this bridge right here. And so that has a cumulative effect. Well, if you think about it, too, you're talking about that, uh, the rivers and stuff, even in Georgia, and we just got back, you know, from Savannah, and we, we literally stayed right there on the river and of course all the barges and things bringing in and you know things out not only is it for for us to have the water to drink but for us americans we depend on that waterways for a lot of our stuff that we have to have mm -hmm. you know, so, I mean, if that if that goes down significantly i mean what else you know yeah. But the concept of a whale, I mean, you think, what a, what a tragedy in a city at this time if the whale went dry. I mean, we're, we're talking about life and death here. And as he did so many times, Christ used examples that people understood. When he talked to that Samaritan woman, he talked about a whale that would never go dry that well that's inside you and me that's always fresh you know if, if there's a place I don't know how safe it is now but in years past the best water in the world was where spring came out of the ground how good it tasted how cool it was how fresh it was but uh, each of us have that that are saved have that well of water in our souls springing up never will run dry Anyone else? In the city of Boston, we, we don't have good internet, but we sure do have good water. <laughs> we, have, we absolutely have great water. And it's, it's because of the, that water springing up out of the ground. Verse 33. And Abraham planted a grove in Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. Now, grove is kind of a, a catch-all word, I guess you'd say, because, you know, in, 
in Moses' time, in Joshua's times, they would come upon a grove, and that would be a place where uh, idol worship was done, and they'd destroy it. So really a grove can, can kind of be generic for any kind of tree planting. And what's interesting from what I found about this, Abraham planted tamarisk trees here. And not for the fun of it. A tamaris tree can make bad water taste better. Yeah, that's what I said when I read it. Hmm. So there's a reason for planting these trees if the well ever tasted bad. Which makes you wonder if that's the kind of tree Moses had when he made the bitter water better. I don't know. Just just a thought. Just throwing that out there. So but he planted tamarisk trees. Kind of a I don't know, we got uh looking at the pictures of it, kind of a cross between pine and cedar. Best we could describe it, I guess. Anybody else? That sound good? <laughs> okay. All right. Brother Roger said, I've not found anything new in it. But we can dig and dig and dig and find a lot of little oh, sure. Yeah. Just layer after layer mm -hmm. that, that he put there for us to find. You know, you can just read it like a newspaper mm -hmm. and get one thing out of it, but boy, the deeper you go, the deeper it gets. Yeah. Bible should be read very slowly, shouldn't it? <laughs> it's like messages. You might hear five preachers preaching. Or even the same minister have a different thought on the same scripture he's used several times. Yeah. And lastly, as I mentioned, he dug a well, but Abraham sojourned. He never had a place he really called home. He was a, we call it a nomad, right? All his life. But he sojourned in the Philistines' land many days. So he hung around there a while, but then he moved on. Oh, anybody happen to know how many wells Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob dug? Pick a wild number. Ten. No, magic number seven. Seven wells. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty cool, isn't it? It was complete. Yeah, complete. Exactly right. All right, we'll, yeah, we'll get started in this next chapter unless someone else has a word. Yeah, the number seven and how they knew where to dig a well. I mean, there's a lot of places they could. That's right. Under the sea and not find water. Over they there. didn't have coat hangers, did they? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't, they didn't have a drill. It was drill, pre drill yeah. to find a, yeah. a source. Yeah. Of the, you know, it was just. Yeah. Maybe there was maybe there was some uh, characteristic of the land around where a well was. Maybe there was something that grew there, you know, a tree that had deep roots or something. They knew that that, that would be there. But it, I, you know, I just wonder, I, I've seen pictures in that area, but I know pictures don't do justice to the starkness of it. But I'm just thinking, you know, if I started walking across that and decided I had to pick a well. But like if we stayed in uh, Kingman, Arizona, when we went to visit out west one mm -hmm. time, small town. Mm -hmm. The reason we stayed there is because 
there was water and they actually could have campgrounds and furnish water for people that stayed there because underground there was a vein and I almost say it was almost like sand, a vein of sand that ran all the way and I don't forgot all the details, it's been a long time ago but I was real amazed at the time how far that went, how many states that crossed under and it was like that vein of sand carried water for that many miles mm -hmm. of mountains all the way out there into that desert area. Yeah, we don't realize the rivers of water that's under us. And so the characteristics that they saw in one place where there's water may be similar to those in another. Uh, but then again, I believe that God knows where every one of them was. And if God says dig right here, they're going to find water. And whether it's 40 feet deep or 100 feet deep, they're going to find water. And, and, and um, the, the thing is, there was a lot more faith than Abraham. I mean, Abraham, he's known and, and, and it was considered attributed to him for righteousness, the faith that he had. And, and uh, we call, there were those that called him father of faith. But uh, if we had just a little bit of the faith that Abraham had, because mm -hmm. things are so easy with us, we don't. Because we don't have to depend on him, we don't. And, and we're losing so much. And, and that that Brother Roger read, it talked about uh, instead of, and, and I'll just say this, in the garden there was blessings, there was fruit. God said, you could eat of all this fruit. Uh, this, this is for you to eat, told Adam and Eve that. But after sin came, then there was weeds that came in. And, and, and then in that that Roger read this morning from Isaiah, he said that instead of uh, uh, these weeds, you'll get a tree, a fir tree, or instead of, you'll get, in other words, uh, there, there are going to be times that when we trust on Him, instead of weeds, we're going to find edible fruit. Instead of the hard times in life, we're going to get blessings from Him. And, and, and that's, that's the difference is, is whether or not we go, take every step we take, everything we're doing, I can tell you this man is not dependent on what he can do today when it comes message time. He's depending on what the Lord can do. And, and if we would just stop thinking that we're the masters of our own lives and that we are the reason that we're so blessed and start to realize that just a little bit of humility in our lives, God will show us how He's taken care of sure. us our whole life. And, and, and so it, to find water... You just dig where God said to dig. Mm -hmm. And in our life, if you want to find the abundant life in God, just do what God says Amen. to do. It may seem little, it may seem big. I never thought, I ain't going to lie, years ago, uh, the Lord showed me that I preached one day and I thought that was just my own imagination. And, and then I thought, well, that's just my own desire. And then I thought, but that ain't my desire. <laughs> it ain't never been. Uh, but but the Lord showed me I'm a pastor one day and showed me where and, and 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 later it came it came about I had no reason to doubt him and and if we would just live our life every day considering his will and real and and think about the fact that we have no reason to doubt him how much better off we'll be Amen. how much hard times we will miss how much blessings and abundance we will have compared to what we are folks we're blessed. We are. There's no doubt. You, you heard people talk about. I'm a little heathen boy. wasn't raised in church. My grandmother went, and I went a few times with her, and, and, and heard the gospel preached. But 
I did more counting hats that the preacher did and watching the clock than I did listening. Uh, but, uh, but when I went to Bible school, I learned about the plan of salvation. But it wasn't until I was 18 years old till I needed it. Uh, I didn't get lost till I was 18 years old. I had said a prayer, the same prayer many times. But then I go off and do the same thing. But one night I bowed down and I prayed to the Lord and He made a difference. Amen. And, and I didn't do the same thing after that. And, and the temptation is still there. Uh, but but there's, there's more blessings in following the Lord. And more blessings in trusting in Him. And, and Abraham knew that. Abraham was a type and a shadow of looking to a place that we're not to yet. And that's what he was doing. And, and that's what we need to do. We think we're there, Brother Mike. We ain't there yet. No, we're not. And just as an introduction to next Sunday's lesson, you know, as we've watched and read about the life of Abraham, faith-wise, he's had some ups and downs. But I believe he's full-grown now. You know, Paul talked about Christians still being on milk instead of really being able to eat meat. Talking about their maturity. I think we'll see, you'll see in this next chapter, Abraham's faith is mature now. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not been perfect as we've seen, but he's, he's grown, he's learned from his mistakes, and uh, he's, he's, he's as, as the New Testament says, he's eating meat now. Abraham gave to Abimelech this time. Mm-hmm. He didn't say, you done me wrong, I want you to pay for it. He was a blessing to him. Every time he looked at little lambs, he remembered that. Appreciate everyone's help this morning.